My name is Austin Cox and I've lived a life of fear, self-loathing, withdrawal, and seclusion. 2021 specifically has taken the world I've imagined for myself and shattered it into the broken pieces my life currently finds itself in, but my spirit refuses to crumble. With this series, I'm planning on making fun of myself and learning to love all the weird idiosyncrasies that make me the lovable little crabby boy that I am. I refuse to let the darkness of my depression and anxiety erase the bright light that is my heart or dull the diamond-like gem that is my mind. I invite everyone willing to get to know me through these stories to laugh and cry with me along the way and maybe get to know yourself a little bit along the way as well. Each one of these little lists will be accompanied by opinions, memories, and a spoken version episode of my podcast, My Mired Musings. If at the end of the day this is for my own amusement and to keep my mind busy, so be it. But I hope you'll find a part of yourself within these stories as well. As I always say, in a cold and dark world, we are each other's warmth and light. For the first time in my life, I plan to be that light for myself first and give myself the love I give to others as we starts with me. This entry in my self-discovery series isn't about me as much as it is the five little creatures that came in my wake. I'm the oldest of six and view myself as the proverbial black sheep of the pack of family. I'm the only one with a different last name, I look the least like them, and I have a sense of misplaced superiority that has kept me emotionally distant from them for most of their lives. Despite this though, I love and appreciate their presence in my life and am so beyond thankful I have the chance to continue to get to know and grow with them through the future. CJ. This guy is a piece of work, let me tell you. I honestly hated him growing up. I thought he was so annoying and everything he did disgusted me beyond words. We were total opposites right out the gate and there was almost nothing we agreed on. I remember my mom telling me I wanted to name him Rapidash after one of my favorite Pokemon in an effort to like him more. Sadly, that never happened, even though it would have made him way cooler. He was always so wild and outgoing, due to his ADHD, and I was defiantly reserved and well-behaved to stand out as the far superior sibling. Growing up, he was the athletic one, playing hockey, baseball, football, wrestling, and I stood firm in my quietness, playing Pokemon on my Game Boy, wishing he was named after a fiery horse. Every time he opened his mouth and said something dumb, I would stick my nose up and have a smart-ass remark at the ready to let him know just how stupid I thought he was. To be honest, I was subconsciously jealous and it wasn't until recent years I understood that and found reconciliation with him in that truth. I wished I had gotten the attention he had due to his sporting events, and I forced myself into a reclusive shell, adamantly doing everything I could to not be like him. Now, he's a successful car salesman, having recently been named Salesman of the Month at his dealership, is an incredible father to his beautiful son Isaiah, and, as much as I hate to boost his ego because he strokes it enough on his own, the man looks great. I'm beyond proud of the person he's become, and even though I'm three years older than him, he's got his stuff figured out way more than I do. Kenzie. This girl is a superstar. She's had it just as rough, if not worse, than me, and has come out a stellar young woman who I fully believe will conquer the world someday. Miss Mackenzie has always been my biggest supporter, and it's no secret she's my favorite of the five assholes I call my brothers and sisters. Regardless of the adversity she's faced, though it may have knocked her down a time or two, she's risen above everything and is easily the most mature out of all of us. Beautiful, spiritual, and patient, she teaches me something every time I see her, and never have I been unsure of myself while in her presence. 
My stepdad calls her Fiona because much like the character from Shameless, the sweet girl has stepped up and taken over the role of supporter, friend, and mother to not only our younger siblings, but myself as well. I truly don't know how she's made it through the turmoil she's faced with, well, okay, not a ton of grace, but resilience and confidence. Ken's plays it off like she's a little insecure and a bit of a mess because let's face it, who loses their mom as young as we did and doesn't come out of it a little broken, but she has herself so well put together for someone so young. She inspires me to face life confidently every day and I hope I make her proud with my actions and pray one day to be as cool as she is. Shane. Shane's complicated. I honestly could leave it at that and I feel like you'd completely agree. Not one of my siblings is more like me. He and I are both just complicated. Queer as fuck, quiet, moody, wildly intelligent, and reserved. He's got far less of a fine filter than I do, and I simultaneously adore and despise that quality in him. I think that comes with the precarious circumstance he came into this world with. My parents had split custody of me, so I was back and forth a lot. My mom went into labor with Shane, not even a full two years after Kenzie was born, while I was at my grandma's house, and when I was taken back to her home, our neighbors met my dad and me on the porch, saying my other two siblings were staying with them for the night, as the third was on the way. But there were complications. After Shane was born, he went through a litany of surgeries as his intestines were all messed up, and he spent most of his infancy in hospitals, or confined to the room that was mine before I was forced out of it, and into sharing one with CJ, my nemesis at the time, to make room for his nursery. I was getting tired of having to give up more and more of my stuff for these obnoxious creatures my mom seemingly produced every couple of years, and this one was the most consuming of her time and energy. I didn't hate him like I did CJ, though I pitied him. I felt bad this poor little baby had a massive zipper scar across his belly and how miserable he seemed crying and screaming constantly. I was so young and confused, and even now as an adult, I can't imagine what any of it was like to experience. For the rest of his adolescence, Shane would experience emotional outbursts and mood swings doctors would subdue with medications like Ritalin and Adderall like I had seen done with CJ, but Shane was different. He was more violent and unpredictable, and I didn't understand what was going on with him. I know now that Shane is a brilliant but complex individual. He's gone through absolute hell discovering himself and refining his specific challenges, and though he and I are scarily similar, he is so much stronger than I could ever hope to be. Liam, my mom's little lammy, hands down the kindest, sweetest, most genuine, and pure of the six of us. Liam is an absolute angel and will have a special place in my heart always. I was in sixth grade, just a couple of weeks into my first year of middle school when I came upstairs from my basement bedroom to find a puddle in the hallway. My mom's water broke right there, right in front of the bathroom door, before we were all rushed out of the house the day the world would see my fourth younger sibling welcomed into it. It was a whirlwind of activity as I was dropped a mile away from the school, having to walk the rest of the way as my stepdad drove like a madman through Lincoln Park and Southgate, my mom screaming how sorry she was for staying in the seats of his car, and my other three siblings crying in confusion in the seats beside me. I was just annoyed. I mean, a full mile to walk and another baby to look after? Sixth grade was not turning out to be a great school year already. I sat in my classes that day, playing up the drama of how I swore my mom wasn't going to make it through the delivery, 
how she was screaming like she was literally dying from the moment I woke up. None of that was true, but the attention I got from my fellow 11-year-olds felt validating all the same. For the rest of the school year, when I'd come home and mom would run off for pure romance parties to support the growing tribe, I'd change diapers, warm bottles of pumped breast milk, and sit up with the baby I'd place gingerly in my red and black beanbag chair as I'd watch Naruto. He was mom's little Velcro baby, always wanting to be held and talked to, little Lammy as we'd call him. He'd always smile and cling to you when you held him and maintains that sweetness to this day. Whenever I go out to see my siblings, he hugs harder and longer than the rest of them, completely unaware of just how much of my own childhood I gave up for him and how I do it all over again. Callie. Lastly, the final of the Keyskin kids is Miss Callie. My mom wanted to name her Calla Lily Anna Rose, thinking that the phrase Calla Lily Anna Rose was cute and would make a great name. I strongly disagreed. I believe wholeheartedly I saved this poor girl from that mouthful of a name, so mom just stuck with Callie, rounding out the Gaelic names chosen for her babies with her husband, my stepdad. The funny thing is, we were told about her coming arrival on what was supposed to be a dinner celebration for my 14th birthday. I couldn't tell you what I had or even where we all went that was supposed to be my birthday dinner, but I distinctly recall the bizarre Dairy Queen Blizzard concoction my mom had requested several weeks before that tipped me off she was pregnant before I believe she even knew. A cotton candy blizzard with brownie batter bits and strawberry sauce. I remember the gathered silence as we, being my mom and stepdad and the collected five children she already had, sat there before she said she had an announcement. I stole her thunder with an eye roll and said, let me guess, you're pregnant? Shocker. She looked at me confused and asked how I knew, and I just replied with a sigh and thought, what else is new? But said, that abomination of a blizzard you ordered the other day isn't something a non-pregnant woman would eat. And then the wait staff came around and gave me a free little birthday Sunday and sang their obnoxious song ditty to a cross-armed 14-year-old staring daggers into his pregnant mother and refusing to look at his stepdad stupidly grinning across from her. At that point in my life, I was kind of fed up with children. I had a woeful excuse for childhood, as it were, and a fifth child to be expected to babysit while she'd be doing whatever random money-making scheme she'd gotten herself into to provide for this now full-blown tribe of heathens of hers. I resented her for a long time because of it, maybe even a little more now that she's passed, but every time I see this now 12-year-old, I can't help but smile and silently thank my mom for each and every one of the five Keyskin kids I adore. I spent most of my adult life separating myself from these kids, but over the past year, I've come to consider them my best friends. We may not talk all that often, and they hardly know me or any of these stories or the way I think about them, but I love the absolute fuck out of each and every one of them. My mom is gone now, physically, but I can see her in each and every one of them and am so thankful that I have these five forever friends. The world is a wild place, but I know I'll never truly have to face it alone. Hey you! Yeah, you! Did you know I'm an ambassador for Vocal now? If you're a storyteller and want to publish your work and get paid for it, follow the link in the description of this episode to sign up for Vocal Plus today. It really helps me out and I can't wait to read your work. Hey there! 
It's me, Austin, here thanking you again for trekking through this mired musing. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you have any comments, concerns, or critiques, feel free to email me at austin underscore cox12 at yahoo.com, or follow my Instagram, austin with three underscores, cox. I'd love to hear your story and interact with you in any way you're comfortable. Thanks again for listening, and as always, mmm, there's nothing quite as tasty as a good story.